So welcome to this week's episode of Women Celebrating Women with me, Franny Kirby. And today I'm with the gorgeous Caroline Stevenson, who is one of my great friends. And um, I'm just going to allow her to do a quick introduction. Um, Caroline, do you want to say a little bit about yourself just before we start having our chat? Uh, yeah, um, I was born in Yorkshire in 1962 to a minor and a science teacher <laughs> um that's another story anyway, <laughs> four, I had a stepdad who was brilliant because he effectively cooked for the queen and did the most incredible food so so life already took a different a different turn once we got um my dad as we called him um underway you know we traveled we had a great big white land rover that he and my mum decked out uh with antlers on the front and because they were both professors or teachers at school um we used to take off every summer and do eight weeks of travel through europe through africa so we just had so many adventures and i think because of this um this has been my kind of way of life if you like a little bit nomadic if I have to say but um hence why I'm a freedom leader because I really enjoy traveling and being spontaneous you know I'm not I've done package trips all over the world and stuff but I quite like just to say let's get in the car and go and see where we see where we end up so I've got lots of adventures under my belt good and some contrasting but most of them exciting and you know wonderful do you want to just explain for those who, who might not know what a freedom leader is because obviously that's what we're both doing yeah so um we all embarked on nick bro's uh freedom formula facilitator course i think i was back in september um i'd always taught and dabbled with and uh, practiced all sorts of therapies and healing and Reiki and uh, all sorts of stuff. Um, and this was the one thing that I thought was gonna pull me back uh, to my center because I hadn't actually found a, a niche or a, or a system that I really enjoyed. And I really like Nick's, I really like the Freedom Formula because it helps us to um, shift old perspectives, old paradigm perspectives, old beliefs, things that we've had programmed into us over many years. And mm -hmm. it frees our energies up to be super creative, for whatever we want to create. So, um, you know, I've manifested quite a lot since then and, you know, had some wonderful experiences and, you know, <clears throat> coaching experiences. And uh, and I like the idea of the freedom leader because it's what I stand for. And it doesn't mean I'm an anarchist or anything. I'm really not political <laughs> or religious. I just like the idea of people being free to choose and being empowered. And at the moment, I tend to err towards young girls, young women, um, partly because it's fun you know, and, and it's great that this thing is fun. You know, they don't have 30 or 40 years of baggage to handle. You know, they usually just have a couple of perspectives. And I've recently done our seminar, our four week seminar with a really great bunch of girls from the UK. And just watching them shift literally on screen, it's hilarious actually, I, I love it. So 
yeah so this is so this is why we're called freedom leaders because we we teach people that freedom isn't something that somebody gives you a perspective that somebody gives you it's something that's inside of us and um, once we accept it and start allowing you know wow drop the anchor and let's sail away <laughs> it's so interesting though is that perspective that shift from and I don't know about you but I think COVID was great for me to um really start really embodying that freedom was an inner choice because obviously there were so many outer restrictions imposed um and and I think that's been for me was a great opportunity to say actually you know maybe freedom isn't something that I have to mm-hmm. experience out of circumstances that I can experience whatever's going on yeah this absolutely. sense of freedom and choice mm-hmm. yeah. amazing to work with and, and how big was the group it was quite a, it was quite a big uh, there were 15 of them in all so and now we've sort of got together this little splinter group who want to keep learning and keep growing so that's my next call this evening but that's really exciting because we've become you know I, I do remember when I was younger saying I just want a bunch of daughters I just want loads of daughters <laughs> it kind of feels like <laughs> at the moment taking responsibility for them but you know to empower these girls is it, you know if that's the way it is then it's an honor for me to do it you know it's a privilege to be trusted in that so I love it and I'm not avert to older people or, or males <laughs> for record no not avert to those who might have a little bit more baggage or a bit a little bit of no no not at all because obviously I've been there and so you know I can relate to lots of people male on female and you know it's whatever comes in isn't it whatever kind of uh, experience you need to shift you into the next level I guess so I've had a nice beginning of it it's been good you were talking about your adventures do you want to say a little bit more about adventures um well, you know, th- there are some very funny ones. Like occasionally we took my grandparents with me and my grandpa was a proper Yorkshire man, you know, the flat cap and a flask of tea and a Kit Kat. And one time we got stopped at the border in Algiers in Africa uh, because I dressed the gas canister like a dolly and they were looking at all the passports and they couldn't work <laughs> out where this other person came from. So we were all sent out of the Land Rover and counted and, you know questioned and then we all got back in and off we went and and my mum and dad had said you two get your heads down pretend to be asleep kind of thing and then my older sister said mum where's grandpa (laughs) (laughs) did you leave him behind (laughs) he'd left he'd got back out of the car because he dropped his flask of tea and we hadn't noticed that he'd gone anyway so we had to just really (laughs) hilarious (laughs) And fantastic, you know, fantastic uh, experiences. And then at the age of 14, I guess I must have been a bit of a teenage mutant. I don't know. You know, my poor parents had a lot to put up with me when I was 14. So they sent me off to to Paris where they thought I was just going to be learning French with a surgeon friend of theirs. And it turned out that I, I was living with his wife and being driven around by his mistress so and in the house with me was his his gay 14 year old son I didn't even know what gay was at the time and 
I was taken to a flower shop. He dressed me up like a, a little French girl because obviously English clothes in the 70s were, <laughs> were what they were. And <clears throat> the lady in the flower shop that he took me to gave me a ticket for the Metro and a basket of roses and off I went to the Louvre and sold flowers for the day. And then he would pick me up after I'd finished selling my flowers. And then he would take me to this incredible restaurant called the Plateau de Vincennes. No, Plateau de Gravel, that was right. And there were 15, and I remember it really well, surgeons, doctors, all men on this table. And then I had to stand at the, at the top of the table and recite Victor Hugo poetry whilst they were having their dinner. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so, yeah. There's just, you know, there's been all sorts, but, you know, I've lived and worked in Italy, in America, in Germany. I live in the Bavarian Alps right now. Uh, my boyfriend's here down towards Venice at the bottom of the Dolomites. So um, that's another freedom thing. Somehow I managed to don my invisible cloak and get down here without being, actually, I got stopped this time three times, but I don't know. I guess I just managed to get through somehow. So... Luckily, I have this, you know, I have this need for freedom. And if I feel uh, restricted in any way at all in that way, especially being a Pisces, because we've got to keep moving, um, I just go. I just create it and I just go. So this is how, you know, I, I maintain my freedom somehow. So, yes, lots more <laughs> adventures. I think I've started to write a blog on my, um, on my website, Law of Attraction, com but it's l-o-r-e yeah um, and why is it l-o-r-e is there a reason because i like to write stories so um after i got divorced in england after 22 years of marriage i we had a, a, an apartment down in garmish so i went down there and lived there with my two girls who were both there now in fact one of them's about to move to berlin and um and decided that I had this book to write which had come off the back of some Reiki healing from a guy um, and he would after each session he would draw these incredible scenes of you know like the like the front of a gondola going under a bridge and this guy was a hackney lad he'd never been anywhere outside London and I was intrigued as to where this was all coming from, you know, how on earth have you got the idea for these pictures? And he said, I don't know, it's just scenes that are coming into my head and really detailed scenes of cafes that I kind of know in Venice and places that, you know, and, and then it sort of came to me that, oh, God, I know the story of this. We've been here before. It was almost like a past life thing. And... Um, so at the time I was trying to make good and obviously in England I've been we lived in a big country home and I'd just been you know <laughs> looked after by my husband if you know in the material way at least and um and I hadn't really worked you know we had this rocking horse business that's quite a famous one in England <clears throat> and so I sort of worked with him and done my own projects and businesses and things like that but I hadn't actually been employed, employed for a long time. So for me to get back onto the working ladder, it was just really difficult because when I was younger, any single job I went for, I got 
it was just that easy you know I had so much confidence and and then you know 22 years down the road and you're looking for the same kind of job and people in London are looking at you like well you know anyway so as luck would have it and as I manifested obviously the ski school for which I worked in Garmisch in the 80s rang me and said we need you we need your languages because I have French, Italian, German and English and a bit of Spanish. Um, so I decided to go over there and, you know, drop sticks at the time. I was living in Tunbridge Wells <clears throat> a year after I got married, uh, divorced. And then I started on this kind of working at the ski school for 40 hours, then doing massaging and therapies and teaching Pilates and teaching English. And I just literally burnt out. And I got to the point where I said, okay, that's it. I've, I'm exhausted. I've slipped two discs in my back. I'm not getting the money in. Obviously, I hadn't learned about the law of attraction apart from hearing about the secret, but I hadn't really gone into it the way we go into it with um, Freedom Formula. Oh. And, um, and so I sold my apartment, which everybody said, you've got to be bloody mad. You know, you've, you're 50 something now. You really shouldn't be doing this. And uh, I rented an attic in, a, in, in here, in Feltry, not this particular attic, but um, another one from a friend at the ski school whose parents had lived here. And I just said to my girls, I'm going for a month. Don't contact me. Don't talk to me. I'm going to sit there and sit in this attic and write this story. And I did. It took me a month to write it. And then it took me two years to edit it. Um, <laughs> But it's, it's called Toshu. It's available on Amazon. It's a cool story because it's about uh, the tragedy that happened in 1790 in Venice around the Fenici Theatre, uh, an, an orphan and a ballet dancer. But um, they meet again in 1980s London fashion thing. He's an Irish immigrant and she, in fact, in the book, she is... Uh, She's the daughter of the um, Home Secretary, <laughs> Charles <Benson. laughs> So you can imagine how that goes. So in the book, it's very much this, it's a very fast moving book. You can do it in three hours. Um, and then another serendipitous thing happened where um, I met a lady here in Feltry. Oh, because then on my last day of being in Feltry and I'd said to the girls, can I come home now? I'm lonely and I've had enough. <laughs> no mum you do this last night and so on the last night I thought right I'm going to walk up into the town and be a big girl put my big girl pants on and <laughs> go and sit and have a drink and maybe a meal by myself in the midst of all these Italians and I did it um anyway so that is where I met my current chap Massimo <clears throat> what, on your last night yeah yeah, oh. yeah. But at the time, I was going out with a Norwegian spy. <laughs> so I had to kind of let that one slip over a few months. So we actually got together September, um, like six years ago. And then I met another lady here who's an English lady who worked and lived in Melbourne. They had a vineyard in Melbourne. And she read the book and she said, uh, the book's great, but the film's so much bigger. So um, 
we set about writing it as a film together. And that was really cool. And then another serendipitous moment, I was in London with my sister and brother-in-law. <clears throat> They'd come over from Los Angeles and we were having a glass of champagne in Soho. And this lady came in who happened to work with my brother-in-law years ago, because he, he's a Hollywood location director. Yeah. And she was a producer and I told her about the book and she said, okay, well, if you can get it in some sort of script form, then show it to me. Uh, so we did, we set up a meeting. I think this is three years ago now because we've lost the year, haven't we, with COVID. Um, yeah. So we set up this meeting and um, we sat in the Mayfair bar, couldn't hear a bloody thing. And effectively, she said, no, no, it's not a film. It needs to be a series, eight episodes. A TV series. So oh. Netflix or something. So off we went to write again, you know, on Skype, Melbourne versus Europe, wherever we were. And we wrote it. And now we've just got together what we call a proof of concept, which is like a trailer. Yeah. With with photography and clips off films of other things so now we're on to the next thing you know now we're going to pitch it we've got a guy from Pinewood who's sort of interested in helping us a bit and this other lady who worked with Lionsgate and working title so you know it's moving on and it's moving on and the, the greatest thing about it is that since I've been doing the freedom formula and uh, really understood about letting go of it not being mm. here you know, because we because it because something like that is something that is such a it can be such a slow process, you know, and you're forever editing and you're forever rewriting stuff. Um, we're kind of ready with season two already, you know, we've already got our plan for season two. But to uh to bring yourself back into your center and get on with life, just keep creating, just keep yeah. doing yeah. the things that excite you know that this is in your list of things that you you know this is my life's passion yeah um apart from my children and you know whatever but um yeah it's it's really like to just let go of it and know it's coming and know it's coming and don't push against it don't worry about it it doesn't matter how it's coming it doesn't matter from which direction it might be from none of the people that we're in touch with you know it might be some again another serendipitous thing that happens so we're excited anyway it's cool sounds amazing it's so cool from a book that took you a month to write and then you said like obviously two years to edit but then a a script for a film and then into a script for a tv series yeah this is all just conjured and you said originally this was conjured from some Reiki healing sessions that you had. Reiki sessions, yeah. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. And one of those, you know, I mean, if you have if you do healing and stuff, you will often find that you get these um, aha moments, you know, or <clears throat> connections with people where you feel that you, you know, you know the person on a soul level, on a cellular yeah. level. And that was... That was kind of the the situation there, you know. It was like, I, I just I'm going to keep offering free Reiki for this guy just to get the story, put <laughs> 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 it out there. So, yeah, it's cool. It's a it's a cool thing. 
It's so cool. I, I, when you say that, you make, um, when you were saying about when you feel like you know someone on a soul level, I I thought that about you when I first met you. I definitely was like, I already know Caroline. I feel like yeah. I already know you. Like, yeah. Um, and I know we've joked before, like we think we might have met in a past life and um, <laughs> maybe in a servants in a, in a big castle. But um, yeah, how do, how do you, so you've talked a few times about creating and like creating, you know, letting go, but also then that creating. Do you want to talk a little bit more about what, what how you see that, how, you, how you've moved shifted in your views of that since you started like you said using the freedom formula and 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 work you know being really taking on board like you know like I said Nick our Nick Bro our mentors teachings and and how how would you say you've changed your sort of perspective around creating and manifesting um when when I think about when I first knew about the secret and stuff and I think about manifesting in those days it was kind of stuff you know we all wanted to manifest the stuff the big house big bank balance the perfect lover all the stuff that we wanted to manifest and now it's just not about that anymore it's kind of the manifestation is just the result of your vibration of what what we're living now you know what we've been living in the last 10 minutes the last 10 days whatever you know um and the creative side of it which is something that um i really got an insight into this last week or the week before last i think it was when i did a hypnotherapy session with one of our girls about the spectrum um because you know when i first listened to nick saying about the new paradigm and there are trillions and trillions of versions of one particular circumstance or one particular one particular thing that you're going through I just couldn't get my head around it it was like what (laughs) because then I'm almost like well which one which one which one to let you (laughs) stop stop it's like spin the wheel isn't it wheel of fortune when you (laughs) yeah yeah which one's it gonna stop on yeah (laughs) um and so when I was doing this session with, uh, with our chum, um, it was a real, it was a real eye opener because I really started to understand that blue isn't blue. Blue is a trillion shades of blue. Um, mm. An emotion isn't just an emotion. Um, mm. It's more a case of, um, sounds like I want to say a case of wine then, but it's not. Um, it's more a case of, Say the, say the emotion is joy, then every single time in my life that I have felt joy has never been the same feeling, mm-hmm. never ever. Every single joyous feeling has come from a different, a different reaction, a different vibration, a different perspective, if you like. Mm-hmm. And it really sort of all fitted in then, you know, how you become, how you become your own spectrum effectively um and the one thing that i remember um through my life also maybe on a sadder note about this nomadery that i'm that i so love my nomadic life 
was that I never really knew where home was. I never really understood where mm. where my roots wanted to be. You know, I was always happy. I was always happy. I was always happy-go-lucky, always making the best of a situation. But I never really felt in my heart that I knew where home was. And, mm. you know, it didn't matter who I was with or what was going on. And then in, in this particular episode, um, it turns out that I'm from Sirius and I'm allowed to go home whenever I like. And the reason I come here, uh, because I'm a bit of an interpreter and a, and a storyteller and, um, you know, I love my languages. I've learned languages in like three weeks. Not so much now, I'm a bit older, but I did. <clears throat> I was very quick at learning languages. Was to keep, I wanted to keep playing. You know, I've had lives in Atlantis, in Southern Italy, Ireland, all sorts of different times. Well, this is my perception of what my life has been. Mm -hmm. um and each one of those times it's like every time i've had an emotion every time i've had a feeling any time uh there's been a circumstance or an event it's almost like it's added to the acacia records so it, like now every single word was speaking every single feeling yeah. was speaking so yeah. it, it, this is where the infinity thing comes from and you can see why if you've being a soul from another planet why you would want to keep coming back you know because so many people talk about <clears throat> past lives and you know how they suffer in this life and why would they choose to come down here and have uh, such a difficult life and why would they choose to suffer and stuff and you know this is the hardest bit for us humans I think because we find it very difficult to accept that we would choose to suffer but it's it's not the suffering it's the experience it's the whole spectrum you know if you're feeling the emotion of sadness then the, then the opposite side of the spectrum or the stick as abram hicks says mm -hmm. is the joy or the happiness right Absolutely. um so we get to choose which one you know which one we we want to play with you know and we never ever stop creating it this is where the answer to the question is because we never stop creating <clears throat> um our uh donation if you like it's not the right word but our participation yes. in the growth of this creation of this expansive universe that we're just happy to play in you know i'm not quite at the time where I would say, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll bug off from this life and go into the next, you know, I'm not that willing to be a player in that respect um, because I love my life here and I love recreating and creating and shifting and sorting, yeah. And, yeah. you know, but. Mm. And the interesting thing when you're talking there that's coming to me is, um, Again, like when I first came to the Law of Attraction again, it was through The Secret, which I think The Secret is a great sort of opener, great kind of discussion point, but then there's so much more, there's so much more to it. And, and as you're talking there, when you're talking about, you know, the sadness, but there's also joy, but we can sometimes get our greatest expansion, like as humans in the human experience can come, or can be like some very difficult times, can be, you know, even... Um, if you talk about um, Esther Hicks, uh, who, who channels Abraham, um, like so Abraham Hicks, she has said since her husband died, and that you know was incredibly difficult for her because they had such mm -hmm. a, a beautiful relationship. 
that she's had more growth and expansion since then. And, you know, it's, it's much clearer in terms of her connection to the non-physical. Mm-hmm. And that was, was definitely a, you know, a very difficult time for her. Yeah. Um, and I think that can be the, the thing that like when people first come to the law of attraction, they can think, oh, it's just about manifesting stuff or it's just about thinking positively. Mm-hmm. And there's so much more to it, isn't there? There's so much, it's so much more than, you know, actually, I just want to, I want a nice car or I want to, you know, lots of money or, you know, all of that's great. Love it. You know, mm-hmm. definitely not saying no to any of it, but it, yeah. as you were saying earlier, it's a, it's a reflection of how we feel about ourselves and a reflection yeah. of our vibration when these things come to us. Yeah. Actually, when we get these very difficult emotions, which we can choose to label them as difficult or we could just choose to say it's just another, it's just another emotion. Um, mm-hmm. That allowing ourselves to experience it and allowing ourselves to feel it and to accept it actually allows it to pass through us and allows us to not kind of get stuck because I think that's that's what can happen sometimes with emotions it's not the emotion itself that's the problem it's us thinking that I shouldn't feel this way I'm not allowed to feel angry I'm not allowed to feel sad or or I'm allowed to feel it for this amount of time and in this amount of way whereas Mm -hmm. actually when we just allow ourselves to just experience that emotion then it comes and goes and and our vibration is clear very quickly and it's not it's not kind of it's not um and I've had a few people sort of ask this question recently where they're like oh god I got really angry about that am I now going to attract more angry stuff and it's like well if we get caught up in always Mm -hmm. when we're getting angry then we may do but if we just allow stuff to come and go and to reflect maybe afterwards on okay so what was that about what was the perspective I was having that situation because it's always you know it's everything's neutral we always give anything that's happening in our life a perspective isn't you know we can then look at that and go okay so can I change my perspective maybe maybe I don't I don't need to get angry when x and y happens or when maybe I can choose a different perspective and I can let go of whatever old patterns there might be that are no longer serve us. Yeah, so. right. <clears throat> and that's why it's so great teaching because, um, and doing the coaching and stuff. I mean, I don't know. I don't know about you, but I really do tend to ad lib most things and just trust that there's going to be bipo or one of my little spirit chums up there, you know, giving me a giving me a nudge and bringing in the right answers, the right questions, the right information. Oh, yes most of the time it just happens you know most of the time if you don't if you're not looking for it if you're not trying to set you set yourself up to be super organized because this is like the olders isn't it everything had mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. you know super organized and pre-planned you know i just pre-pave the thing and say it's just gonna flow it's just gonna go it's just gonna be great and then sometimes i don't know about you but Sometimes if I'm talking to somebody, you know, I veer off from the belief tree, (laughs) whatever, and I'd start channeling and the words are coming out and I have no idea what what I'm even saying. And if they say, could you repeat that? I say, no, (laughs) 
second. I don't remember what that was saying. I'm getting Alzheimer's or anything. It's just when you're in sort of channel mode, you are literally co-creating or co-communicating, let's say that, with, mm. with your higher self. You're allowing that. Sure. You're allowing that connection, aren't you? So, I mean, I think it's interesting, isn't it, when we use the word channels? I think, you know, not everyone knows what that word means, but even when people are familiar with channeling, some people channeling energies and different energies and maybe whatever those energies might be, um, that the, 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 they call it channeling, but actually, you know, a lot of us channel a lot of the time. We just don't realise it's it just, for, you know, for some people it's that connection to, oh, that inner voice, or what you are in a being that kind of intuitive mm -hmm. I don't know why but I just think I just yeah I think I just want to go to that shop now it could be something mm -hmm. was that or I just I, I'm gonna give so and so a call yeah that, that kind of can be and we have and just that I think has been really interesting for me as well developing that allowing that voice to to have more of more space and 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 respect as well yeah. so I think, um certainly for for me when I was younger I would I, I've always had a very strong strong intuition but I didn't trust it I didn't necessarily you know it was like oh, I'm not sure you know mm -hmm. I was always taught that logic and facts and evidence and very sort of what we would call old old paradigms so the kind of mm -hmm kind of old world beliefs of like we have to work hard we have to we have to have evidence of things before we can believe they happen and yeah, yeah. all of that stuff whereas that shift into that you know the new paradigm the the sort of world that you know we're now choosing more and more that that's that's how we we um we want to be is all about yeah. no it's all ease and flow like you're just talking about now like you just <clears throat> just allow it to flow you just yeah just to let let everything flow trust all your instincts trust your intuition mm -hmm. oh which is amazing when you do that caroline allow that just oh, all that amazing information to download and then mm -hmm. to give that information and like you said it's coming through you rather than it's not directly from your being yeah. it's, it's 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 coming through you from that infinite intelligence yeah. which is amazing yeah, it's not it's not stuff that we've learned. Although, uh, yeah, as well because I think even when we're learning, you know, even when we're in in the classroom situation, um, it was it was always very um, obvious to me that the things that interested me, the things that I resonated with, I was good at, and I would take in the information, and yeah. the things that I just couldn't get my head around, like maths, I failed my maths so level five times. It, it was the, the teaching and the frequency and the and the way things were taught, you know, that I just was not in the receiving mode for that stuff. Now, ask me anything about numerology on a, you know, on a very deep level. And I'm your girl. But, you know, back in the day, it's like, well, you know, you should never be one of these and should never be one of those. So the information that we have stored, I guess, um, from childhood upwards is still there and it's still part of our our toolbox our you know information source but i think what happens is when we're channeling or when we when we're allowing information to come we just have this melange of 
of information. And the great thing about it is that whoever you're talking to, you're on you you get the right information for them. So if if you've got somebody in front of you, maybe a little bit old paradigm and still stuck in the this is the way things are and everything has to be fact and black and white. You know, you mm-hmm. you find the right words, you find the right momentum, the right rhythm for that person to understand what it is that you're saying because you're intuitively in, instructing, if you like, you're intuitively teaching them, which, you know, it is so great. And also by the same token, if you find somebody who you initially just know isn't a match to you to your teaching then it's all right to say so too isn't it because you're going to be saving them money basically (laughs) yeah what do you think this question is coming to me right now so I'm going to ask you would you say to someone who wants to get in touch with more of their intuitive senses they're more that that inner voice that inner being that inner guidance what would you what would you say to them if someone was saying, because there are lots of people out there who who would love to have like a the connection that you're talking about, this kind of being able to download that information and and just, you know, allow yeah. it to flow. What would you say just as, a, you know, nothing, nothing too kind of complex, but just as a starting point, what would you recommend? I would say the first and foremost thing is for them to get aligned, right? And this is what we've been taught from the beginning. So effectively getting yourself into a happy place where you're living in the moment you're living in this this time now Mm. uh you're you know you're not in your head you're literally just doing the things that make you feel happier not necessarily you know we can't all run around excited and effervescent and flow 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 all the time but you know if somebody's coming from a place where they're just getting interested in this stuff and they just Mm. literally want to start. I also would say um, get into a place, you know, maybe in nature, because I always find like meditating in nature is a thousand Mm. times easier than, you know, I meditate in bed in the morning and stuff and it's all cool. But if I'm out in the midst of green or, you know, doing one of my crazy ice jumps or, you know, where I'm really (laughs) like in nature and throwing myself into nature I find it's so much easier to quieten the mind you know and I always think walking in nature is such a great thing because when you're walking in nature you're moving for you're physically moving forward so therefore your energy is shifting forward therefore you're not stuck so even if you've got stuff going around in your mind the very fact that you're moving forward you know is a is a form of meditation and you know I I remember when I first got into meditation I didn't dare tell anyone about it because it was all just too woo-woo you know you in a cult you in the uni why can't you just think for yourself kind of stuff you know and now all over the world meditation is just something you know mindfulness quietening the mind it's obvious that it's there for our well-being it's obvious that the more we can quieten our mind and the more we can get into um, just listening to our inner voice, not necessarily the inner critic, but the the benevolent inner voice that we have um, is something that can only be beneficial. And I think when you can practice little steps like that, you know, get, do some breathing. I really find the, the Wim Hof breathing is great. I find Kundalini yoga fantastic. 
you know, to get you out of your head and allow you just to be, even if like Abraham Hicks says, you know, even if it's just 30 seconds, you've cracked 30 seconds of not thinking. Mm -hmm. And the more you do it, the more you practice it, the more, the easier it will come. And you will be able to differentiate between thoughts that are going on in, on in my head or impulses from source or from my inner being yeah. the more you do it the more you get and it's about being patient you know and I find a lot of people you know they'll, they'll have a session and, and they want to learn it all and I want a quick fix and it's not about that and mm. you know like Nick says you know it's a marathon it's not it's not a 200 meter race to the finish line and there is no finish line so if you can just accept that this is all part of your evolution and all part of your little journey mm. and and just to be kind to yourself you know um i've also because i've been a wellness coach for a long time and then i kind of had all these injuries and you know gotten into a kind of a different way of life if you like i'm coming back to it now and all the knowledge that i'd accrued through the years about teaching fitness and wellness and what have you has come back to me <clears throat> and uh, I'd been asking my inner being to nudge me and give me impulses to stop sugar to stop drinking any alcohol I mean I've never been a big drinker but I like a glass of wine or champagne you know occasionally or two um you know the processed foods stuff that becomes quite addictive and I've I've been battling with myself really since Christmas mm. to to shift back into where I used to be in the 80s where I would just have the best diet and be the fittest I mean obviously I'm older now so it's a different a different thing but um coming through these these different layers if you like of knowledge about um once you do start to listen to your inner being once you do start to listen to these impulses you automatically just one day stop I mean, I just stopped sugar. And every morning I wake up and I think, really? <laughs> because, you know, <laughs> really? I'm stopping now. <laughs> I mean, you know, we've been surrounded by cake and amazing food. My boyfriend's got a bloody restaurant. <laughs> so <laughs> it's kind of, it's been a massive challenge for me. And I can feel my body attuning and there's resistance in there. There's all sorts of stuff going on in there. Um, but I'm thrilled because now it's just like I've given my inner being permission to take over, literally, mm. and it has done. And it doesn't, it doesn't even give me the choice. It's sort of, it, you know, it's like I really don't fancy these foods that only ten days, two weeks ago I was craving. I've just so And since that's happened, you know, I feel that I'm much better at channeling. You know, I'm much more aligned mm -hmm. and um getting the messages through and the lucid dreaming and you know all the all the, all the fun stuff really you know once you physically can let go I just wanted to bring it back because I think it could be a really interesting thing to just talk about the difference here because when you were talking about you know uh, you know obviously our inner being and the difference between our inner being and our inner critic because I think there's a lot of people who may have quite a strong inner critic you know a, a voice that's telling them what they should and shouldn't do or it's not safe to do this or you shouldn't do that or you should have done it like that or mm. I can't believe you did it like that oh god I can't believe that you know oh, god. all that voice 
mm-hmm. which is which is the voice of our inner critic versus our inner being yeah that, that never you know never judges us is never um is always seeing us with love whatever's going on with our in our life always comes at it from a place of love yeah and I, I, for me, when I first started really listening to that voice or listening to what what was the message from source, I just the, mo- the most the majority of time I would just go, I, I, okay, I can feel someone just going, "You are loved, you are loved." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was, you know, very simple. It's very. I think sometimes people are expecting a very complicated message to come through from from mm-hmm. their inner being, and often this. It, I actually think that the simplicity is divine in some ways because it's like, no, it's a really simple message. Just yeah. know love. <clears throat> if you knew you were loved, then nothing else would really come into it. Um, but um, yeah, it's just it's just that um, quietening down. I guess quietening down that inner critic, which I think, like you said, the work that we've done really helps with that. And I was having a very interesting discussion with another friend the other day when we were talking about how often when we've got a very strong inner critic it's because actually we also have a an inner child who who needs some quite a lot of attention and and is very safe and they 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 come as this package they come as this both together you know we've got this strong inner critic because they're they're feeling protective towards us particularly towards our child but instead of actually doing things that are protective they they just make us feel more yeah like, more anxious more whatever it might be depressed or ever yeah. because of the the way that that kind of and it's in, it's a it's you know some people call it an outer critic it's a it's a it's a it's a voice we've taken on from the people in our life as opposed to this sort of the our inner being that is this universal energy that's just pure that has has always been there Mm-hmm. Uh, it's our true nature yeah yeah absolutely <clears throat> and um yeah i think uh, you know this is what the great uh the work is that we're doing it's not work this is the the play that we're doing is yeah the play yeah, looking at okay. i've got on my wire a chimichi which is like a, a big stinky bud, bug and it's climbing at my computer onto the keyboard as we speak it's not that big Anyway, I'll leave him. Oh, wow. Maybe he's going <laughs> to spell a word out for me. Maybe he's going to give me a message. <laughs> he's going to give you a message. <laughs> Funny. Um, I love that. That's very interesting, actually. When you were talking again, like, about um, going out into nature. So I I sometimes think we can get lots of messages. Like, a message, for me, a message is much more likely to come when I'm out in nature. So I just either a kind of hearing something or just seeing something and suddenly just having this like mm-hmm. like it inspires me or, or like I just I suddenly like oh yeah I just I just something comes up and and, and that nature sort of just a, just kind of a, gives us that space doesn't it the totally and also loving space yeah yeah sorry um Go on. when you're out walking and stuff I mean if I'm out there and really just into it, you know, the animals I see and, you know, I know a lot of the kind of spiritual meaning behind the animals and it's hilarious really, because it, it literally is, you know, if you, for instance, if I walk out in the morning and I'm thinking, Oh, I need to rush this. I've only got an hour to do this walk. I just need to be quick. And there's too much going on. 
a woodpecker will be like on the tree next pecking away and the woodpecker is why don't you just stick to nature's rhythm and then you'll be fine you'll be fine that happens so much it's hilarious it's really cool um and another thing also you know i think something to say for people who want to um get into some form of what we're doing is that the main thing that I think is really important is that we stay grounded because yeah. I mean if you if you know your chakra system we spend a lot of time in our belly in our in our chest and throat and in our head and we we don't get into our lower chakras we don't get into our root chakra enough mm-hmm. um, and if we're in our root chakra we automatically feel stable and secure mm-hmm. Uh, and and it's so much more balanced Um, and I'm just thinking of that time I went up the mountain about a month ago and I took a picture of this group of trees when I looked at it you remember it five massive light orbs and I said to my friend we just got to go and hug these trees you know nobody will see us it's too early and anyway if they do so what we don't care so we went back and you know picked a tree each and and it was hilarious because from my point of view, okay, just below the hill was like a war memorial of all the Bavarian guys and boys who were killed in the First and Second World War. Um, and I'd looked about, I'd looked about the green orb and it said it can, they can either be human spirits or they can be nature spirits. And I, I kind of thought, okay, well, hopefully they're nature, but we'll see. And I just kind of lent into this tree and like let the tree take me so to speak and then these scenes of all these and it was almost like one of these black and white sketches where all these boys faces that I know Mm. were down in in this chapel thing were kind of running past and some of them were in the trenches and some of them were you know on horseback and stuff and and I just stayed there for a while because I thought wow this is really fascinating so you know, even though they may have been killed in Russia or France or wherever, you know, their spirits here um, in their birthplace, you know, it's an mm-hmm. exciting place for them to be. And um, I just felt totally at home, you know, I just felt, and then the, then the nature spirits came in and you could literally feel vibration up your legs coming from the tree and mm-hmm. like, wow, I could just stay here all day, you know, it was just, and it's such a grounding thing. And then when you've done that, when you when you have, sit on a tree stump, you know, it's also a really great thing. Um, and you just get this feeling of groundedness through your legs and your bum. And your thoughts then just become very calm and everything just flows gently and wonderfully. Mm-hmm. There's nothing, there's nothing going on. You know, you're just there where you ought to be and it's, very recommendable but um obviously what you're what you're talking about i think these days people the term people use is like almost like forest bathing yeah it, it's that which i'm not i'm not sure i've quite quite kind of come to terms with that because i, I doesn't quite feel the same for me but i think it is that kind of just allowing that energy isn't it allowing mm-hmm. your to remembering that we're we we're you know we're not just out there doing 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 as a lot of people are or living living in like you know obviously 
I live in a city um, where, you know, there's lots of things going on, well, maybe not so much with COVID, but there's still, you know, we're still in a space that isn't natural, but when we get out into nature and then we just, we realise, oh yeah, actually, like you were saying about the woodpecker, we just follow mm -hmm. natural rhythms, allow ourselves to get back into that natural rhythm. Yeah. Then, yeah. then we just, you know, we, we come to that, that space, which is very much connected to source, which is like what you just said, there's nothing to do. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing to fix. Yeah. No, you know, with you know, there's nothing in this very moment. There's nothing else. You know, there's nothing else that matters. It's just in that taking the next breath. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, you don't even have to have studied this stuff to, you know, literally just feel it. You know, go outside and feel for yourself. Yes, we don't. Absolutely. We're not trying to convince you. It's like it's not something anybody's trying to push anybody into it's just the, the little bits of information we can give to help you to get more grounded to get more connected yeah, to yeah. planet and, and source the, the other thing that comes to mind for me is um when we talk about you know what what's meditation and meditation but actually meditation can be something like if you really love like you have a passion something you really love to do mm -hmm. Knitting, it could be sewing, it yeah. could be cooking, it could be yeah. drawing, you know, it could be any anything that sort of um that has some create I always feel like there's some sort of creative element to it, like mm -hmm. you're kind of you're engaging that part of your brain. Yeah. But yeah. actually that can become a meditation of sorts because you're just you're just doing it. You're just you're just you be, almost become can become trance like when you're very you know, you're very accomplished at it and you just keep mm -hmm that is really really good for us as well to be yeah. to be able to just do something like that and just allow just mm -hmm. our inner critic doesn't come in too much because that can happen sometimes yeah as well. sure <laughs> yeah yeah that, you know that amazing thing where you're like oh my gosh I've just been doing this for mm -hmm. hours I'm like in this total trance with it it's just mm -hmm. fabulous yeah <laughs> And in fact, it just brings to mind, actually, a, a friend of mine in Garmisch, in where I live. Um, we we do these morning walks most mornings and she wanted to do some clearing work with me because she'd just done my seminar or what have you. Um, and I said, OK, let's let's attempt when we, we have this bit of wood, which is like a half a mile wide and it's just this beautiful path that goes through the forest and and that's our gratitude wood so we kind of go through there and appreciate our life our legs our everything you know um and I said okay today why don't we go through there and we, I'll do a belief tree process on you a belief tree within the trees kind of thing oh and it flowed so much easier you know she was out mm. of her head mm. the, you know the emotions came up everything just flowed the way it, we, we hope it will you know and then by the time we got down to the valley again it was like wow but it just happened so much more naturally you know so a lot to be said for that yeah maybe we should explain just a little bit about the belief tree process for people who might not be familiar with that so mm. this is a process that we learned from nick Burrow around how we well, first of all, become aware of what beliefs we're holding, but also what what 
the core belief might be underneath that. So we might have a belief at the top that it's like, I'm not good enough. But actually, when we kind of keep asking the right questions, we can get to a core belief, emotion that, that formed that. And yeah. sometimes we don't necessarily know where it came from, but we'll have something like someone at some point has told us, mm -hmm. you know, some, often as a child, mostly as a child, that we weren't, we did something. And we, we then internalise that as being when we're not good enough. And then when we're able to connect with that and release that, oh, that's just so powerful, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's wonderful. You just, you know, and every time we do it, it's layers, isn't it? Layers and layers that peel off like the of course, onion layers. Of course, of course. People's old perspectives and, you know, if they're willing, if they're willing to go there and play a little bit, it's super powerful, isn't it? really is it sounds like that sounds an amazing way to do a belief tree i love that idea of doing one let's do a nature walk and then yeah see what comes up yeah you know, sit and do a little meditation maybe for a few minutes and just get yourself grounded and then and then be in the green you know because the green energy of the forest is all mm. about the heart anyway you know it's all about the emotions and the and the feelings isn't it of nature and what's natural to us what we naturally love and feel akin with so yeah, yeah it's it is it's a cool thing it's a cool thing oh this has been so lovely caroline yeah it has it's fun <laughs> i mean you know what's so funny is you know when we're doing our coaching it's fantastic everyone's lovely we absolutely adore it but you don't often talk about yourself do you you don't actually no. know. No. And it's interesting because, you know, when I sort of tell my little bits of story that obviously goes a, long, a lot longer, um, but you just, how you say it in a way that brings a completely different perspective about the way you used to mm -hmm. tell your story, you know, and yeah. that's quite cool. That's There's quite something cool. very powerful about telling a story, I think. Yeah. That that doesn't just, you know, like you said, can really help you shift, but can also help others shift. Just think to what yeah. you say and what you've learned from it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, fab. Oh, it's been so lovely. Yeah, with you too. I'm going to bring this to an end now. Um, thank you so much for sharing. Just, if, I think you've got loads more stories to tell, but just even a few of the amazing stories about your life. Yeah. And, and, and those perspectives, the shifts that you've had, just I think it's just going to be incredible for everyone. Thank you, mm, thank you darling. It's been it's been a pleasure, more than a pleasure. It's been brilliant. Thank you so much. Welcome, and we'll see you soon. See you soon. <laughs> Lots of love, hun. <laughs>